the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. This is a special report, Town Hall on Ohio Issue 1. I will turn it back over to moderator Carl Von Valtier. Okay, and we are back with Mr. Frank Scaturro. And sorry, Frank, we had to cut to the break, but when we broke, you were talking about uh, how far the language in this, the open language in this amendment could go compared to previous court opinions. Yes, thank you, Carl. And we were talking about how there's proponents of issue one will talk about limiting language in the Ohio proposal that allows for prohibitions of abortion after fetal viability. But it, to that uh, supposed exception, it carves out an enormous health exception that swallows up the rest of the provisions for the proposal language. But that's exactly what happened the U.S. Supreme Court's own judicially invented health exception for any prohibition of post-viability abortion 50 years ago. The court employed a notion of health so broad that for many lower courts, including the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit in an Ohio case in 1997, it was enough for a doctor to be willing to approve the procedure based on emotional and familial factors. This effectively permits abortion at any stage of pregnancy until birth. Proponents of issue one are saying that there's an urgency to pass it in order to provide more abortion access, and they are not doing much to rebut any of the points we've been making about what this particular proposal actually does. Perhaps they hope to rush it through without people looking too closely at it, but there's a saying, act in haste, regret at your leisure. If issue one becomes part of the state constitution with the state legislature crippled from undoing its damage, the people of this state will have years to endure its tragic consequences. Great. Thanks, Thanks very much, Frank. I'll be glad to take questions. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll get back to Q&A on the, uh, in the second hour of the show. Uh, for now, I would like to introduce Rachel Seatack. Uh, Rachel is a constitutional and civil rights attorney. She has appeared as a guest on local and national news, including One American News Network, Live TV. In addition to serving as a frequent guest on 700 WLW and 55KRC, she has authored multiple pro-life op-eds, published and featured in Daily Wire, Western Journal, and USA Today Network publications. She serves as president of Right to Life of Greater Cincinnati, in addition to serving on the editorial board for the Cincinnati Inquirer. She and her husband owned and operate her law firm, Rachel Seatack, Attorney at Law, LLC. Rachel, take it away. 
Thank you so much. Um, well, as Frank has pointed out, he gave an excellent overview of how this could unfold at the federal level constitutionally. Um, with Dobbs, the issue of abortion was returned to the states. And so I hope to drill down on some of how this would affect Ohio law and give some context as a practitioner working with parents, students, doctors, and health professionals across the state of Ohio. Um, so as a black civil rights and constitutional law attorney, when I look at issue one, what immediately jumps out to me is that every individual has a right to an abortion and that the state shall not discriminate against abortion providers. And so I want to walk through these red flags really quick. Um, our Ohio revised code section 9.041 says, that it is the public policy of Ohio to prefer childbirth over abortion to the extent that it is constitutionally permissible. This includes the health and safety regulations that require the burden of time, labor, sanitation, or just a physician to perform the abortion. Um, this will also include protections for local, state, and federal tax dollars because what discriminate means in the legal jargon. It just means to treat differently. Anything that treats abortion differently, like the peculiar institution that the abortion industry is, is something that could be a discrimination. We cannot treat abortion differently if it, if it is no longer constitutionally permissible to do so because we have amended the Constitution. What we are doing is inserting this new language of individual and reproductive decisions and creating this purposefully undefined right in our state's founding document where it has not been the language of Ohio's statutory scheme before. There's no age limits or mention of women. Beth and, and Dr. Mike are have really, you know, discussed the, the health and, and Dr. Mike is going to discuss that later as well. But I just want to point out that there are Ohio statutes that have proven it is possible to properly define exceptions for health. Ohio's revised code defines health exceptions as to prevent the death of the pregnant woman or a serious risk of substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function. The amendment has failed to define this, and it's left health open to interpretation. Um, it doesn't specifically exclude mental health or threat of self-harm, where health is undefined, it can be broadly defined according to the Sixth Circuit Federal Court to social, familial, mental, or financial health. And in the conflict of interest that I see as a lawyer that's presented by this amendment, the abortionist that's profiting from the abortion is the one who gets to make the decision if an abortion, the, the unobstructed decision, if an abortion can be performed at any point through all nine months. This does not include miscarriage care or ectopic pregnancies. I want to address that right now. ORC code 2919.191, it's an applicability clause, and it says that the abortion code only applies to intrauterine pregnancies. This does not include a miscarried child. This does not include a pregnancy that is lodged in the fallopian tubes or scar tissue. This amendment is not about women. It is about creating expansive gains for the abortion industry profits at the expense of women. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that they care if they have to require doctors, nurses, 
health professionals at public hospitals to perform or participate in abortions as a requirement of, of employment. We will also can see some liability for failing to perform an abortion, whereas right now doctors and nurses are protected from that liability. Issue 1 proponents do not deny that abortion will be legal through all nine months or that health professionals can be required by their employer to perform these abortions. Um, they have had really uh, no response to that. When they were asked by the Cincinnati Inquirer if parental rights were considered in the drafting of the amendment, the response was not really. Not really. That is where parents land in this amendment, is that there's really no care or concern put in for how this will affect parental consent and notification. There's a commercial that is out right now with a pastor stating that this is a decision that should be left to the family. This is a decision that should be left to parents. How can this decision be left to family or parents if they are never notified, if they never know that their child is pregnant, if they never are notified that their child is considering life-altering sex change surgeries or sex change, uh, sex change and hormone therapy? How can they know? How can they make that decision? Great. Thanks for that, Rachel. That was, uh, that was uh, clear and concise. Um, question for you. One phrase, one clause in the amendment that's uh, particularly ominous, I think, is the idea that it is self-executing. Can you tell us what that means from a, from a legal perspective? And, and we've got yeah, one minute. So self-executing means that it doesn't have to uh, be addressed by the General Assembly. It means that it doesn't require any overview by the General Assembly to clarify or to um, add in any definitions or anything. It is self-executing and self-contained. What happens is you're going to have attorneys who, after they, if, they, if they win the state, they're going to hold back the litigation until after they win the state. And then they're going to begin challenging the law in Ohio using uh, clients that they have sought out. And they're going to challenge these provisions that we have in Ohio law. Rachel Seatak, thank you for defining that and clearing it up. You are listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, Town Hall on Ohio Issue 1. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. This is a special report. Town Hall on Issue 1. At noon, we will take your questions to the panelists. Call now, 844-825-5989. That's 844-825-5989. Here's moderator Carl Von Valtier. Thanks, Jack. Next up, we're going to get an authoritative medical perspective on State Issue 1. Dr. Michael Parker, MD, is a board-certified OBGYN who has delivered some 6,000 babies over the past 30 years. Dr. Parker has testified at the Ohio State House in favor of pro-life legislation. In addition, he serves as medical consultant and board member of the Women's Care Center, a pregnancy resource center in Columbus, Ohio. He is the current past president of the National Catholic Medical Association, and as president, he helped guide the organization through the COVID pandemic. The organization filed multiple opinions and amicus briefs with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Supreme Court to influence cases related to conscience protection for medical professionals and pro-life issues, including the Dobbs decision. Dr. Parker. 
Carl, thanks for having me on. And as you said, I'm Dr. Michael Parker. I am a board-certified OBGYN with over 30 years' experience providing life-affirming care to women here in the Central Ohio area. And in my 30 years of experience, and as you said, delivering thousands of babies, I've never had the experience where I've had to do an abortion to save the life of the mother. Life-affirming care can respect both the women and the baby. And this amendment is a radical amendment that's not only going to change abortion law here in the state of Ohio, but it's going to change the way medicine is practiced in Ohio. And it's actually going to contradict the standards of care for the treatment of women who have conditions of pregnancy uh, that require the delivery of the baby. So what what, uh, will this amendment do for abortion here in the state of Ohio? Well, currently in the state of Ohio, we have a law that says you can perform abortions for any reason up to 21 weeks and six days with some exceptions. Uh, After after that time, uh, you have to do an abortion can still be performed uh, for the conditions that have been stated by other uh, guests on this program. But there has to be a physician present uh, at the time of the procedure to uh, assist the baby if it's born alive. Uh, And the procedure has to be done in a manner that will respect the dignity of the unborn child by being done in a manner that allows the baby the greatest chance for surviving the abortion procedure. So that says we can't do dismemberment abortions. We can't do partial birth abortions here in the state of Ohio. If this amendment goes through, it's going to allow for abortion through all trimesters of pregnancy. That means through every week of pregnancy all the way up until birth. It's also going to uh, change the way that we have to practice medicine and that for any procedure that we perform now, we're going to have to add in the consent clause that says you have the right to have an abortion as one of your treatment procedures. And so you're going to have physicians who have conscious objections to performing abortions who are going to have to counsel their women that they have the right to have an abortion procedure. So I mentioned that this is going to change the standard of care. Uh, Currently, Uh, the standard of care is really dictated by the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. And in my extensive reading of their uh, practice bulletins, I've not found anywhere where they recommend abortion as a treatment for a medical complication of pregnancy. You'll hear proponents of issue one say that we need this to save the life of the mother in conditions such as early rupture of the membranes in the late second trimester. But that is not true. Abortion is never the whole answer because we have to understand what abortion is. Abortion is the direct and intentional killing of an unborn child. That does not need to happen to treat any medical complications of pregnancy. The woman can be induced and delivered of the baby or separated from the baby uh, for complications such as early rupture of the membranes or for hypertension, or for uncontrolled diabetes, or other medical complications of pregnancy. But you don't have to kill the baby to do that, that you can respect the life of the baby. We understand that in some situations, the baby may not survive the birthing process. And that may be due to the extreme prematurity with which that baby needs to be delivered. But you're not taking a direct action against the life of that child. You're respecting the dignity of that child. It's actually a safer procedure for the mother to go through an induction of labor rather than to have a, an abortion procedure performed where they're either dismembering the baby uh, or trying to remove the baby with a suction device, especially in the later trimesters of pregnancy, 
where there's a greater risk for hemorrhage, there's a greater risk for infection, there's a greater risk of injury to internal organs should the instruments go through the uterine cavity, and there's a greater risk of death to the woman. So what proponents of this issue are actually asking the state of Ohio to do is to allow them to do procedures that are a greater risk for women and has a greater risk for death associated with it so that they can have abortion throughout all uh, weeks of pregnancy. What this amendment will also do is reduce the quality of medical care that's being provided to women when it comes to uh, abortion procedures. Because this amendment is self-enacting, as we heard uh, Ms. Tax say, uh, many laws will uh, immediately become uh, nullified. Some of those are safety standards that regard the performing of abortions, such as credentialing of physicians to make sure that they have the adequate capabilities and licensures to perform abortion, safety standards for clinics, such as um, transfer agreements, so that if there is a complication, a hospital will receive them, that the abortion facilities have, are, have hallways that are appropriate size for uh, medical gurneys or, or emergency medical personnel to get through, that they have adequate resuscitation per, uh, equipment available should there be a complication. All of these would go away. It would also bring back, as uh, Ms. Vanderkoy said, procedures that are gruesome, barbaric, and more dangerous for the women. That would be partial birth abortions, That would be dismemberment abortions. Uh, Those procedures do come with greater risks uh, to the women. And so therefore are going to, we're going to see more and more complications associated with that. What else will come back? That's going to increase currently in the state of Ohio. We have a law that prevents you from having an abortion for down syndrome, a suspected or known diagnosis of down syndrome. That law will go away. You cannot have an abortion performed for sex selection. That law will go away. We can, you, as I mentioned, we cannot have the partial birth abortion and dismemberment abortion. Abortion is never the only answer. In fact, standard of care says it's not even an option for many women. There are cases where there's life-limiting diagnosis with the baby, where unfortunately that baby may not live long after it's born, and the opponents say we need that to help these women. But what I have found and as a father of six children and our last baby being born at 42 years old, there are other options when you have those diagnoses. One is neonatal hospice that allows you to get, develop great memories of the baby, to allow the parents to grieve the loss of the normal pregnancy and allow them to love the life that is there. And my wife and I decided that if we were ever faced with that condition, we'd rather be known as the parents that loved our child to the death rather than the parents who killed their child. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to answering questions in the next hour. You're listening. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, Special Report, Town Hall on Ohio Issue 1. We will take your questions next at 844-825-5989. That's 844-825-5989.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.